Well, hello, everyone. This is Bob Siriani, the Chair and Program Director in the Department of Speech-Language Pathology at Salus University, and I'd like to welcome you back to our podcast series. We have the pleasure of working with one of our student groups today, um, the one that focuses on our aphasia support group, and we're joined by the supervisors and the students have had the pleasure of working within that group. Something that the Speech Language Institute really likes to do for our patients and our student experiences is to give them that individual one-on-one -on -one approach to therapy, as well as what does it look like when we work with clients in groups. And one of our longest standing groups is the aphasia support group, which is supported by the National Aphasia Association. So I welcome you all to our talk this afternoon. Um, let's go around the room and have you introduce yourselves. Um, tell me what your role is or um, our students, maybe you can tell me what class you're in. So uh, let's begin with, with Allie. Hi, I'm Allie Finkelstein. I'm a clinical educator in the SLI. I've been a clinical educator there since its inception in 2015 and started the aphasia support group in 2017. Welcome, Allie. Um, let's go to Amanda next. Hi, I am Amanda Moxham, and I am a second year graduate student in the SLP program. So Amanda is quickly moving towards graduation, and, and um, I know this is a podcast, but you can probably see her smile through the recording on this <laughs> uh, tonight. Um, Gianna? <laughs> Um, hi, I'm Gianna Cassini. I am a first year um, student at Salis, and I am one of the co-leaders of the aphasia support group. And Courtney. Hi, I'm Courtney Bernhardt. I am also a first year student in the SLP program, and I am a co-leader with Gianna for the aphasia support group. Uh, so some of our listeners uh, tune in because they're really interested in learning more about graduate school and particularly Salis University's graduate program. Amanda, why did you choose to come to Salus? Um, so I graduated from a pretty large undergrad program. Um, my CSD graduating class was about 100 students. And um, the environment was pretty intimidating. Um, and I didn't have close relationships with a lot of my professors in the program. And I knew I wanted the opposite for graduate school. So um, when I came to Dallas, uh, I just immediately felt really welcomed by the faculty in the SLP program um, and by the Salus staff. Um, I could just tell that the environment was really positive and supportive. Um, and I've been saying since day one, um, I've always felt like my professors and clinical educators um, want me to succeed and um, they're very available and, um, they were always offering the support that I felt like I needed. Um, and I was just really excited to be at Salus um, when I was there touring. Um, I also really loved that um, we were able to work with clients as soon as we started school. I think that's something that sets apart Salus from other programs. Um, I think just gaining that experience really early on um, sets the stage for the rest of the um, clinical experiences that we get in the clinic and in the community. And that was just a really huge factor for me um, when I was deciding between schools. Great. 
Gianna, why did you pick Salus? Um, so I actually went out of state for undergraduate school. I'm originally from Pennsylvania, and I knew I always wanted to work in Philly or, or the surrounding areas. So a lot of the schools that I applied to were in the Philly area or surrounding areas. But um, as soon as I came to Salus for my interview, it just felt like a good fit. And, um, you know, meeting the staff, having my interview, it all flowed so naturally. So it just really felt like it was where I wanted to be. How about you, Courtney? Um, just like Amanda was saying that she came from a bigger undergrad program, so did I. And when I found out that Salus is just a graduate program, there's no competition between like the graduate students and the undergraduate students for talking with the faculty or anything like that, smaller class sizes, that really drew me to Salus. Um, and the, clin the clinical exposure in the beginning, being able to see clients, like I felt like it was your first week that we're on our first semester. I was like, oh my God, like it's crazy. And I was so scared, but it was crazy how comfortable you felt with your clinical, clinical educators being with you every step of the way. So it was great. We, we do to intentionally sort of give you right over to the clinic. We, we want our students to get as much experience in um, clinical care under our roof, so to speak, in order for you to succeed in an externship, which will make you succeed in your profession. Um, and that early clinical exposure has been really the cornerstone to um, the SALIS program. And Allie, if I can uh, turn to mm -hmm. you, um, part of that early clinical exposure is to give students this group experience. So tell us a little bit about the aphasia support group, um, what its goals and purposes are. Mm -hmm. So we start the students um, immediately into the clinic, as Bob and the students just mentioned. Uh, and one of the important components of that is being able to lead a group. Um, group treatment or group therapy looks different in different uh, settings. But for our setting, we wanted it to be a support group that would provide an opportunity for our clients to um, be with other peers that have aphasia and their caregivers and to be able to provide them with um, education and opportunities to practice their communication skills in a group setting so that it's a little different than that individual treatment that the students gain experience in. Um, it allows the students to learn leadership skills and um, how to uh, facilitate um, a supportive environment for those with communication disorders. With our particular group, where we go by the philosophy of the life participation approach to aphasia, so our um, members, uh, we reinforce with our members that we want them to be able to learn how to live with aphasia rather than recovering. Uh, so this is an opportunity to, to do that, to really hone their skills and learn problem solving and strategies in, um, in, in different settings. Um, as co-leaders, Courtney and Gianna, you are getting to sort of do the stuff that Ali's talking about, the, the leadership, the the group dynamics, the who's, who hasn't talked, who's talked too much. 
Um, can you give our listeners sort of an idea of what some of the topics or, or projects that you're cur currently working on with the group? Yeah, so like Ali said, we really um, center our sessions around the life participation approach, which is a very functional way for the members to learn compensatory strategies. So ways to communicate easier. Um, we, we just did like a treatment goal um, session and it gives them a different perspective on maybe what they are already living with. Um, we give a lot of information on aphasia in general that um, seems to help the clients and their caregivers a lot. And also given the pandemic that we're currently living in, one of our first sessions, we talked about how the pandemic itself has hindered their access to communicating with others, whether in person or online, because video chatting can also be very difficult for some people. So just having that space where people can vent about what's going on in their own lives and people can relate to them. So it's it's a great group. And Amanda, as an alumni co-leader of the aphasia support group, how did that help you in sort of the after time of, of working at, at the aphasia support group? So um, for my fall externship, I was in a hospital outpatient setting. Um, we didn't do any group treatment, but um, I think from the uh, aphasia support group, I learned a lot of substantial um, counseling skills. Um, I had a few um, clients with aphasia and then several without, but I was, I just learned how to listen to the clients. Um, like Courtney said, venting is huge. Um, and so, and adjusting to these diagnoses is not easy. So just being um, an open ear for these clients to um, discuss like what's troubling them or anything that they're having um, struggles with was um, really helpful. Um, and also I was able to refer a client to the aphasia support group and I hope she's still attending. I think it's just um, a really awesome way for people with aphasia to connect is hard, especially now it's hard to connect um, and having a voice to discuss any problems that um, one is having is really important. So Allie, is that the point? Is that the experience you hope to develop yeah. for the students? Yeah, I, I think that the students will agree with me that uh, they've learned so much about aphasia from our aphasia clients, uh, in addition, of course, to what they're learning academically. Um, but we leave every meeting uh, saying, as we debrief after the meeting, we leave saying, wow, that blew me away, that that member said that, or, or they shared that. Um, we've covered a gamut of topics. Um, typically, the students have a PowerPoint to talk off of, um, but it can lead, the, the conversation and discussion leads elsewhere at times. So the students have to be very fluid. Um, they let the clients um, dictate where the conversation might go while they're still facilitating the communication and their, and their goal of the meeting. But some of the topics have included um, 
challenging situations, uh, aphasia awareness, being an advocate for yourself as, as living with aphasia, um, modalities for expression, um, expressing gratitude. Um, we, um, the challenge this year or since the pandemic, the challenge has been uh, meeting virtually uh, because we, the group when we started um, was meeting in person once monthly. So now we meet uh, virtually or remotely once a month. Uh, and that has been a challenge and it's been, a, and the students have really um, risen to the occasion and um, have learned how to uh, facilitate the group in that dynamic. That's, that's great. I know um, I get the privilege of reading several of the uh, feedback forms, and we always hear from our aphasia support group participants that how meaningful the, the group is J to connect with other folks that are having difficulty with their communication, um, caregivers connecting over the struggles they have with their, their partners struggling with communication, um, and it's it's a fan favorite among the students I know. Um, so I'm really appreciative that we can bring this not only to our community, but also to the graduate students, because I really do think it, it teaches them just beyond the textbook what to do with a person mm -hmm. with aphasia. Absolutely. Um, I hope this has sparked your interest in um, aphasia, in group treatment, uh, in particular, the program here at Salus. And if you have additional questions or concerns, um, I can offer you my email address, which is R-S-E-R-I-A-N-N-I -N -N -I at salus.edu. Or you can always find more information on our website at www.salus.edu. Uh, thank you all for being here with me. Um, and. Um, giving us so a really good overview of one of the, the pandemic positives, as I'll say, um, of being able to continue the aphasia group uh, virtually. And um, uh, if, if you have any questions, please feel free to reach out to me. Thanks everybody. Thanks Bob. Thanks for having us. Yeah.